Hi, welcome back to Make Do. I'm Julia Scott. And I'm Tiff Arment. And it was actually really funny. Just a couple of days after our last episode, I got an email from this like sort of learning annex type place uh, where the, the headline was, dare to take classes on your own. And I just thought that was so funny because you were talking about how it's scary to um, to try classes or workshops yeah. by yourself. So I just thought that was really funny. Um, like the the universe is telling us. us to like, hey, hey, you dare, you're brave, you can do this. Everyone's on their own right now. So I guess we all have no choice. Uh, yeah, I think it was <laughs> primarily for online classes, which mm-hmm. I feel like can both be more and less scary because you're not like in a room and being like, everybody here is cooler than I am and everyone knows each other. Uh, also, we heard back from Amanda from the Q&A, who turns out is not a Foley artist, which is okay, uh, but she's still super amazing. And she sent us her SoundCloud. Uh, she is in like improvisational piano or no, mm-hmm. uh, collaborative piano is apparently a go. thing. I might still have this wrong, but I will I will link it in the show notes. And I'm not at all bitter that I'm not talented <laughs> at all. You're so talented with other things. Hey, everyone can't be talented everywhere. <laughs> what? We can't. What? I, I'm good at all the things. <laughs> I should be good at all the right? things. Why am I not? So uh, this week we're going to talk about like I've been thinking about like losing being an artist because we talk sometimes about be like having artist be your identity. And we talk sometimes about like, oh, you're a creative person. But if you're not doing it, how long can you get away with calling yourself a creative person or an artist? Because um, you remember that I'd been talking about like I was going to start throwing a little bit with like uh, my husband's assistants to like do all the heavy lifting. And then because I'm like some sort of chaos gremlin, I uh, I burned my hand on the element, like the, the coils in the oven. It's not like a oh, horrible, no. like it, it's not debilitating. It was just like enough that I From didn't the want. the bread you were making? Yes, of course. As you were trying to be a baker? Because you need to be everything. It was just sourdough. It's good. It's good bread. But uh, I was just like, it was, you know, like burns can get pretty nasty, even if they're not bad. And I didn't want to have them obviously in like slurry and water for an hour or two. So I still haven't got around to it, but hopefully soon. But it really like brought back that feeling that I've been having over these past few months of like, what if I can't, you know, what if I can't do this anymore? Because I am getting a lot of energy back and it's wonderful and magical and I'm trying to be super careful to go slowly. But, you know, there were many months where one of my fears, you know, beyond just like, am I ever going to feel good again? If you're just joining us, I had that magical thing people are calling long COVID. It sucked. Uh, No, but you know what I mean? Like where where it was not just like, am I going to be okay again? But like, what if I can't work with Clay anymore? What if I can't, mm-hmm. you know, do any of that stuff because I don't have the energy because my muscles are are weakened, all that stuff. Um, it's going to take a time to like work back up to any kind of like volume and amount of pottery. But, you know, what if, what if I just, you know, I just have to give up my workshop and I can't do this anymore. And while there would still be other creative things that I could do, obviously, like you know, knitting, sewing, painting, all that stuff. It just made me think about that identity of, of, you know, yes, it's it's part of how I make my living, but it's also something that I love to do and something that I just relate so strongly to. And it was a very weird combination of like philosophically interesting and also very depressing uh, of just 
how how does that feel? Because you know it happens sometimes to people like you. You can injure yourself uh, temporarily or permanently, or maybe you just don't have time anymore. You have kids, you have to move, you lose your eyesight, you get allergic to the materials that you use. You know all these times, or you know you lose your passion for it and maybe don't want to want to face that. And is is this something that you think about at all? Like what what would happen if not just like oh I got bored with it or uh, I didn't feel like putting much time into it for a while. And not just, you know, I, I, I want to say that I'm a painter, even though I haven't touched paint in ages, where you actually, like, it, you can't. It's taken away from you. I think about this all the time, especially when it comes to eyesight, because I have a whole bunch of, like, eye problems that I have to deal with. Like, I have, like, all the annoying – who no one likes to hear about anyone's, like, diseases, you know. But still, it's like I have, like, all the floaters and, you know, it's it, it's a – constant reminder every once in a while like that i get a weird vision thing happening that like oh my gosh this is like it could be temporary you know like like having vision could be temporary Mm -hmm. and it's it's scary and the idea of like everything that i make and everything i do and everything i enjoy i need to see to make it Mm -hmm. like everything like i'm making physical things with my hands that's what i enjoy doing and if i lost my eyesight i would be like i i don't know what i would do with that like it seems so like i i i take pictures i you know i i build things and i make stuff and i put intricate things together and i paint it's just like that is so scary and i don't know what the heck i would do it would be like one of those super depressive moments but if i try and think positively about it it's one of those things that's like nature finds a way, you know, like I almost feel like makers find a way, like you will find a way yeah. to find something to do that will satisfy that part of your brain that can still accommodate whatever like disability or, you know, shift or change that you needed to go through that you couldn't do like your go-to art and making thing anymore. So I have like that hope, but I mean, for something as serious as like eyesight, that it's I'm struggling to find out what that would actually be. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I don't want to start going on like a backup plan now when nothing's <laughs> even happened. So yeah, sometimes it's just kind of like a nihilist, like scary thing to think about, but it's like, well, enjoy it while you got it. Like it's just, just in case it goes away for some crazy reason. Um, you know, it's pretty unlikely that you would lose your eyesight. That's like very rare of a thing, but it is like, I'm just going to try and focus and enjoy it while I have it and make all the things now. <laughs> and that's <laughs> right? why we have to do all the crap. And that's why <laughs> I am everywhere and making everything and trying everything and buying everything. My house is littered right now with different projects. It's it's insane. Yeah, it's I can't stop. It's kind of again weirdly funny and not funny like I will sometimes have those thoughts just like in general of like what if, you know, I have some sort of uh, accident and I can't use my hands or I lose my eyesight. I also come from a family where uh, we start out half blind and then it just gets worse. <laughs> like I'm very nearsighted and like, you know, glaucoma, it's all that fun stuff. But mm-hmm. like, what if, you know, I, I lose my eyesight or most of my eyesight or if I, yeah, like lose, lose use of my hands or something like that. And I, I would try, like, usually I'm just kind of like not necessarily a backup plan, but just to be like, well, there's still stuff left you can do. There's so many adaptations available. And it's it's so weird that it 
it had never occurred to me that one of the things that can happen to you is that your entire body just fails you. Like there's no oomph left in you, mm. which is funny because in a way, I think that's probably more common. Like you have burnout or you get sick or just for whatever reason, you just you can't. Mm-hmm. And it's also been so weird to like feel a tiny bit better and want to do something and then your body just zonks out and part of the time also being like you know when you're a kid and you're you're sick and you're starting to get better and you're just like energetic enough to be bored but not enough to actually do the thing which is like yep. the most torturous state ever in <laughs> in getting better we're just like I want to and then you're not tired enough to take a nap because like if if there's stuff going on it's like oh I don't have the time but you can still sort of feel the passion, have the hope and look forward to it. Or when you're not feeling like making stuff, which is also, you know, something that happened that we've talked about, where you can still be like, well, I'll come back to it or, you know, but when you're just sort of in this weird, like, blobby jello uncertainty of like, I want to do this thing, but I don't even know if I should be hoping and dreaming. It was not great. So the idea of having like an identity as like the thing that you make that becomes your identity. Like I am a painter. I am a photographer. I am a a potter. You know, like mm-hmm. you have these things that you say that you were and you ask the question kind of like, what if you couldn't identify as that anymore? And I think the closest that like I can come to relating to that is the idea of like, you know, an old job that you used to do. It's like you're still capable you know, technically in your brain, right? Even if like you come across like some sort of disability where like you can't do it anymore, but you were capable Mm -hmm. at one point and you were doing that thing and you were that person. So like the idea of you can't, I don't think that you could say like, I am this thing, but oh, maybe you can actually, because you did do it and it was legit. So I'm thinking of, um, you know, when I used to make costumes. I'm Potter interrupted. Yeah, exactly. Because like, that's what I'm thinking of. Like, I'm thinking of when I used to make costumes. I don't really do it anymore. I make like a Halloween costume for my kid. And that's getting even like less and less intensive of a thing. And it's like, do I call myself like a costumer now? No, but but it's still in your skill set, like on your resume. Yeah. Right. It's like, you know, I was that for a while. And if anyone wants to like talk about that with me, I will totally talk about it. And I'll be like, oh, yeah, I totally used to make costumes. And this is what I did. And this is how I did it. And it was so much fun. And like, well, I don't have that job anymore. That isn't my title. You know, that's not what I'm doing right now, whether it's for a hobby or for my living. But it is a part of me, like it is part of my identity. And I don't see how anyone can like take that away from you. You know, like if you talk about someone who is retired from a position, a job, like even if it's not a creative thing, like, oh, I'm a retired fire, like a retired firefighter. (laughs) Does that like take away your identity as being a firefighter? Like not really, because you can still like be in the firefighter club because you did it. You know what I mean? Like, so I guess there's that positive idea of it, too. It's like when you've done these things already, nobody can take away the fact that you were that, that you have those skills, that you put in the time, just because you can't do it right now, doesn't mean like someone comes over and like strips you of your your badge and says like, no more can you call yourself a potter, this is over for you. It's like, 
no, I think you could still identify that and and still be a part of the community. Maybe it becomes a teaching thing, you know, like maybe you can offer like um, tutorials with pictures that isn't like actually doing, you know. So- I so saw this like a tutorial in firefighting. And it's just really, like, I don't think that's I don't think that's enough. But yeah, no, totally. But they do. They have firefighter classes like there's old firefighters that like tell you you're doing it wrong. They, they can't climb the buildings, but they could tell you you're doing a bad job at it and get better. Absolutely. So, so like <laughs> you know there's still like you can use that like sage advice and, and become a teacher or a mentor or, or um i don't know there's just i feel like there's more to do in a craft and a making person than actually having to do it and it falls into that trap a little bit of you know oh if you can't do teach right like <laughs> but which doesn't I mean, I have guess... to be a bad thing because people say no, it in a sort a of thing. people say it in a sort of derogatory way of like those who can't do they teach but it's like yeah but there are so many reasons that you can't do it right, might not, be you can't because you're bad it could be you can't because you physically can't or anymore. or that you still feel deeply for painting but you also know that your life doesn't make it easy for you to make a living as a painter so you paint for yourself and you teach others to paint and you also feed your kid yeah there's like there's so many different ways this can go around and i think that in our lifetime now with the idea of being so much more open and accepting and kind to all the different people and like realizing that there are different reasons for things that you don't have to like pigeonhole or bad talk or down talk like anyone's life decision or what they went through the the idea of empathy and is just it's becoming more and more on the forefront of everyone's mind and i think that in the making community that is something that i hope you know we can also embrace because it is it's like you I feel like you, not you, but we as a people are so fast to judge each other and it are so fast to be like, well, you're not a real artist. You're <laughs> not a real this. You're not a real that because of what set of rules are we talking about here? There are none. And if you cared enough about it, you would be getting up at five in the morning because we have this idea of what what qualifies as caring enough and giving it your all because you don't have to do that you know I think I mean I was I've been really lucky in that I've still had things like small things that I've been able to do so it's not like my whole makey identity has has like been stolen but I was thinking when you're talking about making costumes um, because you've talked, uh, I can link to the episode where you talked about your, your, your Broadway career. Uh, <laughs> your, 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 your days, your days behind the boards. But like when, when that, cause you, you talked about like you, you stopped because it's just, it, it wasn't feasible for your way of life. Mm-hmm. But d- like, how did, how did you feel? Did you feel like, oh, I miss it immensely and I wish it was still a part of my life? Or was it like, this is something that I really love to do. And now it is in that sort of other other zone of my life. I mean, yeah, I, I when leaving it, I left it to kind of pursue another creative career, which was photography. So it wasn't like I got a jobby job and was sitting at a cubicle entering numbers. Not that that's bad or anything like that, but that wasn't like I didn't have that. You didn't give drastic up being- change creative. Yeah, I was still making something in my life every single day and trying to like make a living out of it. So 
that transition wasn't hard, uh, especially because I couldn't work at the time because of layoffs <laughs> and the way unions work and the way seniority works when you have unions. Uh, so it is um, th- that kind of transition for me wasn't as jarring or upsetting as like, I'm losing this from my life. And you also got to say to people that I am an ex and that ex was still a creative yeah. title. Right, exactly. And even now, when I talk about like, oh, I used to do this stuff, or, you know, I it, you start meeting new people, and you start chatting, and topics come up, and you start to say, like, you know, what you do, and I'd be like, oh, I used to make costumes on Broadway. Um, it comes up through, like, various things, because usually I'm talking about the weird stuff that I'm making. And it comes up, and, like, they're very interested, and I love talking about it, but I have no, no, like, sorrow about it, because... I think like I wouldn't be in the situation I am right now if I had that job because I would be working all the time. I would be seeing nobody except for the co- other costume people. Like I mean, it, this year. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, this year I guess things would be different. But <laughs> I think of like where I was then and where I am now and the life that I've chosen to pursue and go through. It's like I would have a completely different set of who who I was even talking to, like to explain like, oh, I was in costumes. So I have no regrets about that. Um, because I feel like if I wanted to be that person, I would still be that person. Because when it comes to that kind of thing, I chose to walk away. Even though it was getting hard, I could have pushed through the hard part of being laid off a bunch and, and pursued and gotten through that and still had a job. So it's different than it being kind of like taken away by an ailment or, you know, a a disability that just absolutely prevents you from like moving forward with something that you love. But it's the closest I can use to identify with like how that might feel. Yeah. And I mean, sometimes also it's stuff that isn't necessarily dramatic, but, you know, say you, you move somewhere for your work work and you have to live in a tiny apartment and you either can't bring or have to get rid of all your stuff. And there's like, there's no space. You, you have to switch over entirely to tiny beadwork. Yeah. There's a friend of mine here at the beach um, who she's also a painter and she had to leave her studio uh, because she's living somewhere else and her studio is in a different country and she can't travel there right now. And it's just like, now she can't paint because she paints very large and she doesn't know where to do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, she doesn't have the space to do it. So I feel like maybe she's going through something like that, that like feeling of withdrawal from like wanting to make and wanting to create, but just being able like you, you can't just grab a giant canvas, find a whole bunch of paint and like paint. So like, it's, it's not as feasible. It's not as easy to do. So I feel like that's where you start to be like, I'm jonesing for the making. <laughs> and, and like her situation is sort of, you know, adjacent to mine in that it's a very, vague non-specific time frame mm-hmm. it's like when will she be able to get to her studio nobody knows right uh, exactly and for me you know will i get better if so when and if so to what extent because mm-hmm. it could still be like oh no i'm doing better but i'm still always gonna be weakened and just like it'll not be a good good idea and I guess that's where it is good to be sort of compulsively making and just be like, I have all the supplies, all the ideas. I can always find something. So I, I guess that's kind of a good solution. Like, don't don't put all your identity in one basket or something. But what else do you think? Like, what what can we do when stuff like this happens? Like when, because you've talked about like 
you know, p- putting the, the, some of the creative vest, that's not a word, parts of yourself aside, like the first couple of years of having a kid because it just, it wasn't feasible. Mm-hmm. What, what did you do to feel still like, cause I, I think that, yeah, like finding, either finding or getting back to or putting more time into other makey things is definitely, um, sort of a strategy but if your main thing is like well this is the thing that i'm the best at and that i care the most about that might not be the whole solution what do you think we can do i really like your idea of i mean you don't have to teach as in like that's your new career but finding sort of mentorship and that like finding a community that you can talk to about these things even when you're not doing them and that's i mean the internet is magical for that stuff what do you think yeah i mean like that is uh it's it's almost like i i'm so i'm so anti-support group for myself (laughs) i'm just like i just don't want to go and like talk about the stuff that all i do is think about it like because it's just like more of what i i want to get away from it's like i want to get away from all the crap in my head i don't want to go somewhere and talk about it at length but that's just that's me Mm -hmm. so i'm thinking of like the idea of a an outlet for creative things that you can feel like whether you want to be around people or not that's like i would say like start there you know (laughs) like you start with like um a flow chart. So do you want to be around people? Yes, no. And then you go down <laughs> to like the next level and it's like, okay, so if you want to be around people, do you want to teach other people and you be the mentor? Or do you want to like, maybe you go to classes where like you can just absorb the information and you don't necessarily have to do it because maybe you're Ooh, that's waiting good. I like that. for, right? You're waiting for like something to heal in a way that like you had to stop temporarily. So it's like, does your kid kid to go to preschool? (laughs) Right. Like, yeah, your kid like is at school or, oh, they're taking a nap. Let me like jump on this, you know, watch this online video about how to do it. So you're still gaining the skill. You're still kind of involved in the world, but you don't necessarily have like the means or the time or the ability to act on any of it right now. So that's like, an option. I I really like that of of like just taking in inspiration either specifically in the field that you are missing or in creativity in general. I will say that I have gained things from different kinds of support groups. I'm also like just intrinsically anti but have come to appreciate it. But so maybe the homework should be I I need to read self-help books and you need to go to support <laughs> groups. Or maybe not. I don't know. But yeah, <laughs> well, like- I like a therapist. I like I like talking to a specific person who might <laughs> be like super knowledgeable about it. I don't want to go and complain with a bunch of people. Like <laughs> that's uh, that's just me. <laughs> yeah. No. But also just like reading books about creativity or whatever is your preferred mm-hmm. or maybe least preferred mode of input. I like that. Yeah. Keep going. You were gonna. No. I mean that's uh, I like I like that you liked it. So now I'm like, oh, I'm done. I said something smart. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I what are are you doing anything to like find inspiration in general right now? Uh right now I'm trying to avoid a lot of social media stuff. We've talked about this before about the idea of like being influenced versus being inspired. And so right now, especially with like doing stained glass stuff, I'm looking at like tutorial videos of like how to make stuff. I'm trying to avoid the pictures and the social media stuff of things that people have made. Mm -hmm. So that way I can like stay as fresh and creative as I possibly can. 
Uh, I don't think that was your question. Oh, but I did have another answer for. <laughs> so another thing that you could do is listen to podcasts ah, <laughs> about creative things. Hey, so <laughs> I think that there's just a lot of people out there talking about being creative and doing creative stuff in like different forms of creativity. Or even if you want to listen to, I, I don't know, like, uh, uh, so there's, Oh, I know. There's like fiction books also about creative things. If you're a knitter, like there are tons of like books that are centered around, you know, knitting or uh, stories around knitting or the main character is like a big knitter and like it does things for them in their life and it moves on. Um, I, I'm thinking of this one that I read called Yarn Harlot. Did you? Yeah. Did you ever read that one? Yeah, yeah. she's great. She's written a couple of books. It's her name is uh, Stephanie Pearl McPhee. It's P E A R L, but it's still really funny Damn. that her name is Pearl. <laughs> yeah, she's written a number of books. She has a really great blog. I'll I'll link it in in the show notes. So I think that there's things like that for every type of craft or makey thing that like if you can't make, you can still be absorbed in the world. And sometimes even stuff just like you know scrolling through Instagram or Pinterest and just be like, people are making things. They are weird. I like that. You know, like there, there are so many things where but you But be can... careful. Don't get in the trap of just making yourself sad that you just wish you could be making them. No, that's totally true. But sometimes uh, there are so many things where I'm like, I don't want to do that thing. I don't want to have that thing. I'm just happy that somebody thought to do that. Just like the very completely generalized, you know, air of creativity. Just like somebody thought to glue those things together and then turn them <laughs> on their side. And that can just make you happy. I really, I think, I think my hand lead needs like maybe two more days and then I can get into the studio. I'm really feeling like I want to make stuff now. So there, I think another good outlet too is if you can't do your makey craft is to find a way to be inspired to make something completely different based on your stuff. So it's just like the idea of art being an endless cannibalistic feast, right? Mm -hmm. This is, there's a way to be inspired. Like we just talked about the yarn harlot, like writing about knitting. Like why can't you write about your craft <laughs> or why can't you make music that is related to something that you are creating or paint giant tentacles around my door yeah like painting the thing that you would normally make out of clay like there are different ways i think to find creative outlets that's still in the same vein of like where you were creating and the thing that you are currently you can't if if you have room for creating at all mm -hmm. my sister and i went to this uh sort of crafting co-op um, we were very careful about being there. There was nobody there. And it was so funny because so much of it was actually pottery. And my sister was talking about like, when you go into a place like this, what do you, like, what do you look at when you hold these things? And I was talking about like, it's kind of like, I will look at it from a creative point of view and be like, Ooh, what are the foot rings like? What is this? And it's so funny because I realize every now and then that a lot of the time, the stuff that I'm drawn to in stores like that isn't necessarily like the weird stuff. That's the kind of stuff that I like to make and that I like to make and then have in my home. I like the very simple, very minimalist stuff. And then part of me is kind of like, I can make a white plate. I'm not going to buy a white plate. So like the things that I'm drawn to are either the super bizarre stuff or the very simple, minimalist, sort of rustic stuff and it's sometimes really interesting to think about like well why is that the thing i like if that's not the thing that i like to make and to look at at home mm -hmm. and i think it's kind of for for me in this case is probably that that 
lets me really, really appreciate just the craftsmanship because just a simple bowl in a simple white or gray glaze, you really, you can't hide anything, you know? Mm -hmm. And also, you know, you think about like, I like to, most of the stuff that I use in my kitchen that's not mugs that I've made is, you know, a simple brown bowl or a simple white bowl. Also, because I'm like, oh, that makes the popcorn looks nice. You know, like it's, (laughs) so it's also about the different use cases for for actual things. But yeah, and, and seeing stuff like, you know, like um artist co-ops where you just like, there are, again, so many things where I'm like, I don't want this thing. Or sometimes mm-hmm. it is and you're like, okay, this is a little, a uh, little pricey for me right now. But like, I don't want any of these things, but I love that they exist. They're pretty. They're not for me, but I'm happy that somebody both thought of it and did it and that I get to see it. So like, even, you know, you can see Pinterest or Etsy as almost a museum to just be like, I like this, that this thing exists. I think it's, I mean, not not even necessarily ugly, but if you go to an art museum, there are so many things where you're like, I don't think this is pretty, but I think it's interesting and I think it's fascinating and it's historically interesting. I just got really pretentious, but that's okay. That's my brand. Um, <laughs> Own it. Yeah. And it's it's also, I think... What is pretension? Oh. Uh, <laughs> I was just asking that question answers that question. Uh, but it's, it's funny too, because like when we were talking about, you know, either support groups or like finding your community and just like sitting here for half an hour with you, I'm like, all right. So definitely one of the answers is just talk to someone who also likes to make things. Cause I feel better. Like I wasn't feeling bad at the beginning of this because like I said, I'm, I'm getting way better, but just I feel better now. I'm like, this is nice. So I think that's kind of like my final, final prescription that was not on my list. It happened uh, throughout this podcast. So no, like you don't have to start a podcast, but if you do, send us a link. Um, but just like talk to someone who also likes to make things. And it can be about all sorts of stuff. It doesn't have to be like, hello, we need to talk about my feelings. It could just be like, hey, tell me about a thing. I think that is wonderful. And I think that for maybe our next episode, we just go make stuff and then we come back and we talk about them. Let's. Let's. That sounds good, right? <laughs> <laughs> so you can go and find our show notes at relay.fm slash make do. And we are make do pod on Twitter and Instagram. And you can find us individually at Tiffany Arment. Gosh, I want to change it to Tiff so bad, but I can't. At Tiffany Arment and at <laughs> Julia Scott, S-K-O-T-T. And we will be back in a fortnight. And until then, um, go make and do if you anything. Can. <laughs> if you can. Or, uh, well, yeah, just find something to make and do. Anything. Even if it's um, a thought. You've made your thought. 